This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. Just as a reminder, if you'd like some more information about what you hear during our show today, please feel free to give us a call at 808-791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. Now Halloween is over and it's almost time to put the Thanksgiving turkey in the oven. For lots of retired folks, this marks the time of year when you begin cementing your plans to get out of Dodge for a week or two. I mean, after all, one of the reasons you're eager to leave the world of work behind you is so that you could enjoy life on your terms and on your schedule. But I'm not exactly breaking new ground when I say that if you're planning to travel this holiday season, you need to do it in a way that doesn't jeopardize the financial elements of your retirement strategy. Maintaining your preferred lifestyle after you're done working is essential and spending too much on travel is one way to burn through your assets too quickly. But never fear, there are some truly wonderful travel opportunities out there for older folk who are willing to do a little strategizing, shopping around, and budgeting. So before we kick uh, our travel ideas around, let me introduce my co-host with us as always, Tony Shore, who for the purposes of our show is like a great tour guide who can steer the group in the right direction. Well, uh, let's not go too far with that but uh, i'll try i'll do my best and you know i think it's going to be a terrific show great topic a fun one we're going to have a fun show today for our listeners out there and that makes me happy uh, but greg how have you been i'm doing great what's going on over there been uh, doing great been busy um you know, we did uh, our federal retirement benefits webinars uh, about 10 days ago. Still talking to a lot of the folks that were there. As you know, we do Hawaii and, and Alaska. That's kind of a, that's kind of our yep. area. But I wanted to touch, too, on this topic today. Um, well, not only because the holiday season's coming up, but, you know, prices are going up. we got the inflation reports. Things are getting more expensive. People are noticing at the gas pump. So I thought it'd be a good idea if people are starting to travel, um, how they might be able to pinch a few pennies and make it a little bit more affordable. Well, yeah, that sounds great. I think that's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, uh, once the calendar turns to November, I always dream about spending part of January on a warm, sandy beach somewhere because I'm from Minnesota. And I'm sure <laughs> the folks in Alaska can relate. Uh, but uh, everyone here in Hawaii, uh, they, they're... Uh, they're not thinking that. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it, it's all a matter of perspective, right? I, I think that's it. And uh, you always, I know you work with folks mainly in Hawaii and Alaska, or as you call it, Hawaii, Alaska, uh, because <laughs> uh, it's kind of, uh, uh, you guys are in the same boat in a way that you're removed from what they call the mainland. So uh, travel is interesting and I'm excited about this one. What do you have first for us today? Yeah, that's right. They call it, uh, we call it the mainland in Alaska. They call it the lower 48. The lower 48. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
So while we're going to spend a lot of time talking about trips today, I want to do it in a way that, you know, recognizes the fact that many folks who are retired or close to it definitely need to consider traveling on on a budget. So obviously very few people are in a position to just hop on a plane last minute, you know, and pay top dollar. Uh, So there's a travel and leisure article that's titled the most affordable winter vacations in the U.S. I thought it was a good place to start. It makes it clear uh, that traveling on a budget doesn't really preclude you from enjoying some really remarkable destinations. So we're going to touch on that. Okay. Yeah. And we should also note, I think it's important, Greg, that your financial services professional like yourself, Greg, uh, your position to help our listeners out there plan a great trip will also keeping an eye on the budget and your financial strategy, uh, because that's important. And if you aren't already working with your own financial professional, uh, pick up the phone, give Greg a call. And I know you're more than happy to talk to our listeners out there uh, about it, it, ways to enjoy their retirement while sticking to a budget. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it reminds me, Tony, too. I just had a client, uh, one of my favorites, I consider him, him a friend. He's actually a golf pro and uh, oh, he wow. just shot his age uh, the other day. 68. No. Shot his age. That's a bucket list thing. That's amazing. But I know that I, I digress because well he he they have a big trip plan a big golf trip plan January and he called me up and was like where are we going to pull this money from and I was like well you're not taking any income from your Roth that was designed for these types of things so we'll pull it out of the Roth no talk no tax consequences there you so, go yeah, thanks tax for bringing up free. that point but yeah and so yeah. Bill congratulations on shooting your age that's uh, that's amazing. Wow. Uh, now, the article's first recommendation um, for budget-friendly travel might surprise some people is Boston. Now, I know a lot of people out there yeah. just yell, Boston, what, in the winter? Yeah, Boston <laughs> but, in the winter, are you crazy? But but hear me out. Um, there's no question that Boston's winters are snowy and cold, but they're also beautiful. Uh, Beantown's architecture and walkable streets can make some of those snowy days look like an image off a postcard. And after you've walked around Harvard Yard and gone skating on Boston Common, you can spend the rest of your time inside one of the city's top-notch art and history museums. And don't forget, Boston has a long list of uh, renowned restaurants and hotels. Wow, that's a good idea, actually. I like that one. Uh, You know, during my own travels, I've noticed when you're visiting a major city in the wintertime, you, you can almost forget how cold and snowy it is if it's cold and snowy at that location because you're spending a lot of time inside enjoying museums and other sites like that. I know in Minneapolis, the area where I grew up, their downtown is connected by skyways, indoor skyways. You can walk from building to building, venue to venue, inside skyways uh, without ever having to leave. Uh, I remember comedian Robin Williams did a show here and he said, I felt like a, I spent some time walking around downtown inside and he goes i, I felt like a hamster inside one of those <laughs> giant hamster cage in the tunnels so but they're above the street they're usually on the second or third level of the building so it's kind of cool you walk across the streets in the skyway and look at all the pretty snow and the traffic down below it's fun and you don't have a uh, negative 10 degrees in your face you will if you go outside but yeah, yeah. in the skyways you don't you're <laughs> so protected that's a, that's a bus well, I'm, I got to come visit you up in Minnesota. Never been there. Um, oh, and actually never great. been to Boston. There's a lot of um, these lists that I, I have been to and there's some that I haven't been to. Sure. Uh, um, the next potential budget friendly trip, uh, Vail and Beaver Creek, Colorado. Now, it's yep. another cold one, but you'll warm up quickly if you strap on your skis and hit some of those legendary slopes. Uh, Colorado, I had never been in my entire life until two years ago when we went 
two summers in a row. Um, did the Denver area. We did um, Durango this last summer, and uh, it's it's beautiful. Um, vale haven't done yet. Um, this area is home to a variety of dining, shopping, nightlife options, um, and Beaver Creek is considered the more family friendly of the two. Uh, but when it comes to lodging, plenty of options, especially if you add the Airbnbs, VRBOs into the mix. Well, actually, while you were in Durango last summer, remember my family and I were in the Vale area. We were actually in the Aspen area, but we spent a day in Vale and uh, some time in Beaver Creek, both. So it's funny you should bring those up. Uh, I can tell you this, they're beautiful in the summer. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and I I know they're great legendary ski resorts too. In the winter, yeah, they're legendary. You got to, they're in the mountains though. So you have to make sure you get there and be prepared to be snowed in. (laughs) So that's the... (laughs) That's the issue there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, uh, there are a lot of, you mentioned Airbnbs, uh, Verbo, uh, VRBO, and Airbnb are great. Uh, renting a home, that's what we did while we were there. We, we stayed at an Airbnb. That's the more budget-friendly friendly option, I guess, if you have a large family or group going. Yeah, if you can split that amongst, you know, two or three people, it's actually cheaper than just one person getting a hotel. Exactly. So lots of good budget. Some of these places sound expensive initially, but there's definitely ways to knock some some dollars off. Oh, yeah. Now, now let's toss out um, one final cold weather location before we turn uh, towards warmer clients. Now, in in my humble opinion, anytime is a good time to travel to New York. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, Went there for the first time just a few years ago, actually um, during the opening bell uh, ceremony at the NASDAQ. I think that was in 2008. 14. And uh, we've been two or three other times since, went to a Yankee game, uh, museums, and winter, um, no exception. Uh, the Big Apple's variety of mass transit options means you'll never have to be outside for long to bounce from one museum or to the theater. Uh, a lot like Boston, um, the wintertime is beautiful. You know, whether it's ice skating at Rockefeller Center, taking the carriage ride through Central Park, there can be almost a storybook quality to New York in the winter. But unlike a storybook, yeah, you can grab a hot dog on almost every street corner. yeah be careful uh be careful with that but let's not forget about all those dinosaurs at the museum of natural history in new york city that's beautiful uh that's really cool uh but is there ever a bad time to go check out a bunch of dinosaurs honestly that's awesome right yeah we took our son there and he loved it yeah i bet that's really cool i've been to new york once or once i've been to the city once uh and loved it uh just hung out there for a few days well, you know, this is uh, we're talking about how this is the time of year when a lot of people start thinking about taking a trip to break up the winter. And even if you live someplace uh, with warm winters like Hawaii, uh, we're covering that in our conversation. You mentioned traveling to Boston or New York City in the winter. What do you have for us next? Well, um, we talked about in the first segment, those three cold weather destinations. So those can obviously be a lot of fun. I like skiing. Um, I've only gone a few times in the last decade. I want to ski some more, but let's let's switch gears and focus on some uh, some warmer weather destinations. Yeah. So again, this travel and leisure article, most affordable winter vacations in the United States. Uh, First one on the warm weather side suggests Orange County, California. I lived there. Yep. Yes, you did. And yeah. uh, I, I lived in the in the valley in Burbank um, for a couple of years during high school. Cool. And so I'm very familiar with Orange County, Disneyland. Um, you know, there's a cliche that says a destination has something for everyone. But you know what? I think Orange County does have something for everyone. Beaches, surfing, oceanfront lodging, amazing restaurants, and of course, theme parks. Yep. So you, you should uh, particularly note that in 
if you're thinking about the theme parks, January and February are when the crowds at Disneyland uh, tends to be smaller compared to the rest of the year. Now, Orange County can get expensive if you're not careful, but yeah. and so is Disneyland, obviously, but a little strategizing can really save you some money um, and you can enjoy this destination without blowing up your financial strategy. Yeah. Find somebody you know that has an Airbnb that'll give you a deal uh, in California. That's <laughs> my strategy. Uh, and as somebody who's lived there and been to Disneyland, I lived in Orange County, right on the edge of Costa Mesa, Newport Beach for about six years. And, you know, Disneyland there's great. It's something you can do and visit anytime. You go when the crowds are as light as possible. That's the way to go. I love Space Mountain as much as the next guy. But I like it better when I don't have to wait in line two and a half hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, next on the list. Wow, what a surprise. We actually made the list. Uh, article's next rec recommendation for traveling on a budget is Oahu. Right here. <laughs> now, Maybe you can suck. have a staycation, right? A staycation. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Oahu, that's definitely traveling on a budget. Do a staycation, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife and I just spent a couple nights up at the North Shore. The Turtle Bay was remodeled. Oh, awesome. Absolutely gorgeous now. A um, little pricey, so I wouldn't put that on the on the budget, budget list. Budget list, um, yeah. You know, we do, we do have expensive hotels. Um, there are things that are pricey here, but you can come here on a budget. Um, there's lots of hotels and airlines competing for the area's tourist dollars. So to our people in Alaska listening... Reach out to me if you want some budget ideas uh, for making a trip to Hawaii. I can I can give you some really good advice. That's good. Yeah, and that's great. And I think you hit on something that's key. It's only natural for people to think places like Hawaii and Orange County, California, uh, and, and even foreign destinations like Paris are going to be way out of their budget. And they can be expensive, but there are a lot of hotels, restaurants, and airlines that are trying to get more tourist revenue in those places uh, because of the slowdown with COVID. And that can mean considerable savings if you do some homework, do some digging, talk to somebody like yourself who knows some of the ins and outs. Definitely. Yes. The critical thing is to give yourself plenty of time to shop around before you book a trip, talk to a local. Um, you, we can definitely help you out on that. Um, the next one on the list, I've never been here, but I've always wanted to go. And I know you've been here, Tony. You just went recently. Nashville. Yep. It's, In fact, I lived there for six years. That I moved from Orange County to Nashville. My wife and I lived the first six years of our marriage in Nashville. That's where most of our friends are at. It is great. You know, that's um, Nashville's on the list quite often when they come out with like the 10 most um, yep. best places to retire. But when they factor in, you know, the money, the climate, medical, um, all this stuff. And actually, I've talked to a few clients that Sometimes it's not doesn't happen often, but people move from Hawaii, you know, they sell their house here and they want to relocate to the mainland and kind of up their standard of living. Um, had a few clients do that. Um, some are in Seattle, uh, some are in Oregon, some went to Arizona and Nashville was a, a, a couple ones that came up. So this makes the list for the budget friendly wintertime destination. Uh, Nashville is considered the heart of country music. Most of the city's iconic destinations are indoors, which means if it's chilly in January or February, it shouldn't cause you too much trouble. But the article suggests go to the Grand Ole Opry, Country Music Hall of Fame uh, and Museum, and the National Museum of African American Music. Um, booking a room on what they call Music Row will have you within walking distance of most of these uh, popular sites. Yeah, and they've had to build a lot of uh, new high-rise hotels right downtown where the action is on 2nd and Broadway. And that's where a lot of the honky-tonk bars and, you know, uh, all the uh, famous places uh, are down there. 
and it is amazing. Make sure when you're down there, go to the, if you're into Johnny Cash, they have a, the Johnny Cash Museum is there. That's a great destination. And you know what? I'm not into country music at all, but I will say the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum is fascinating. I mean, uh, that is, you have to go there. Uh, it's really, there's a lot to see and a lot of fascinating uh, exhibits and things to do there. Um, and there's lots of venues. There's always great music, of course, uh, playing. And it's not just country. So uh, that's something to consider. And, you know, uh, houses, you know, if you go if you go far enough, if you go about 30 miles south of Nashville, if you're looking to relocate, a lot of people relocate down there past Cool Springs, like in Spring Hill. My cousin lives there. One of my best friends lives there. A number of my friends live there. And yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, compared to Hawaii or California, you could live in a mansion compared to, you know, a single bedroom home, uh, you know, a tiny old house. You could buy a brand new, uh, you know, multi-bedroom, really nice place for the same money because uh, it is a lot more inexpensive there. Although it's growing and getting more expensive as time goes by. So it's gotten to be a really popular uh, destination. It's the number, it overtook Las Vegas as the number one destination for bachelorette parties. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah. I, I thought Vegas would always be on top of that one. Nope. Uh, nope. Nashville, uh, the like the year before COVID, uh, 18, 2018 and 19 became the number one bachelorette destination. They have these tractors and these big wagons and they block off all of uh, Second and Broadway area and they all the girls are in the back, the bachelorette parties, in this open wagon. And they have uh, kegs or drinks in there. And they walk around yelling at all the tourists on the sidewalk, watch them go by and wave. And they stop at each of the big locations. So, yeah. yeah. It sounds like Nashville has, has a lot to offer. And that's probably why it makes the list frequently, you know, for top 10 places to retire. So other than just travel destinations this winter, if anybody um, listening is thinking of relocating, um, and wants to find a great spot on the mainland that could really up your, you know, consider Nashville. I mean, yeah. I've never been, but I mean, I'm sold. I really want to go. Yeah. Um, next on our list, a uh, place that's dear and dear to my heart. I've, I've been here many times. It's one of my favorite places to go. In fact, I grew up um, only about 100 miles away from this, and it's Lake Tahoe. Oh, wow. So right in the middle of California, Nevada, state line goes right through the middle of the lake. Um, this is considered a budget-friendly destination, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, numerous ski resorts uh, for the winter, summertime, crystal clear lake, one of the clearest lakes in the in the country, super deep, too. Um, it's just blue as blue can be. There's beaches. There's casinos right on the Nevada side. California side's got restaurants. I mean, there's so much to do. Um, there's hotels. They're actually kind of cheap too. Like if you stay um, at one of the casinos, you can get a really, really good rate there. Um, there's camping. So if you want to go on a budget, you know, during the summer, you can do that. Um, you can rent a car, drive around the lake. It's 72 miles. Um, so, and you could stop along the way and there's all these different spots to see. It's really considered one of the most beautiful drives in the country. And I can definitely vouch for that. Um, anytime we can go to Tahoe, I'm, I'm in. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've only been once and it was during the winter to ski. We went to Heavenly Valley or Heavenly Resort mm -hmm. in Tahoe. Uh, that was great. Uh, that's a good ski resort right there, but it is beautiful there. I'd love to get back there and do that drive around the lake. Um, that, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, I think you can go at your own pace, stop when you want to. It's relaxing. 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, I can't say enough about it, except for it does get crowded <laughs> sometimes to try to pick an yeah. off season because uh, yeah. it, it can get kind of crazy, the traffic. But there's also stuff to see all around Tahoe. I mean, Reno and then Truckee and Donner Pass. It's just uh, it's yeah. really, really fascinating. And look up our buddy Eric Cheek in Reno. He's a great guy. Yeah. Have you met Eric? I think you have. He's He lives yeah, in Reno. The- and he, he always touts Tahoe. He, he goes there all the time. So Yeah. Short drive from Reno, like yeah. 90 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, next on the list is uh, I've haven't been here, but I've been to the city right next to it. So this is Austin, Texas. I've been to San Antonio. Um, San Antonio is really close, and that's an awesome city. Austin, um, according to the article, says for the money, it's one of the most unique cities. Um, artists, tech workers, uh, mingling around one of the best live music cities, which we talked about Nashville, of course, New yep. Orleans, um, live music. It, it says it's one of the best live music cities you're ever going to find. Yes, and of is. course the food. Texas food, hello, local oh, barbecue, yeah. smoked brisket, Tex-Mex. Yep. Are you kidding me? It's a foodie's paradise. It is. Uh, I've been to there numerous times. I used to go every year to the South by Southwest Music Conference and when I worked in the music industry. So I've been there. I went there and spent a week every year for probably six years in a row, seven years, and I just love it. The food is the best thing about it. The second best thing is uh, on 6th Street, you go down and it's just – it's just music venue, music venue. All the clubs and bars have live music. And I mean, it's it's a good mile, mile and a half of live music venues. I'm not <laughs> kidding. It's crazy. So uh, everything's bigger in Texas, including the size of the brisket. And that's just fine with me. So do you have mm-hmm. another budget-friendly destination? Uh, yeah, the next one on the list is uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, this one might fly a bit under the radar. Now, I've flown through Charlotte many times. My, my uh, wife... Went to college in North Carolina. Her family still lives there. So we've gone maybe four or five times over the last 10 years to North Carolina. Never spent time in Charlotte. Just went through the airport. But same. Same. Right around, you know, what, a couple hundred miles from Charlotte, um, more towards the Outer Banks. Um, It's awesome. Uh, But the article cites Charlotte as being budget friendly. Um, has a lot going for it. Wintertime temps are upper 50s. Uh, there's lots of breweries. There's a children's museum, tons of outdoor activities, plenty of hotels. So it should be pretty easy to find a great deal in Charlotte, I would think. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And, you know, we're talking about how you can take a fun and memorable chip uh, trip without damaging your budget too bad anyway, uh, and your retirement goals. You don't want to dig into those retirement funds necessarily, but this has been a fun one. What do you have for us next? Well, we're going to stick with uh, the travel theme for this last segment, and we'll focus on one particular destination. And so I, I can't even begin to count the number of times I've had clients tell me that one of their retirement goals was to take the grandkids to Disney World. Of you know, course. Of course, yep. the happiest place on earth. It's a goal. Uh, but credit card bills might show it being as the most expensive place on earth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So so I'm not suggesting you could do this uh, cheaply, but you could definitely pinch some pennies and make it cheaper. Um, So as with any kind of travel, you know, doing some shopping, um, looking around, making these Disney World dreams uh, just a little bit more budget friendly. So I got an article that I found on uh, Trip Savvy, and it was the grandparents planning guide to Walt Disney World. So it's got some really good insights. Well, you're right. I mean, Disney World can be a lot of fun. And I want to reiterate to our listeners, you mentioned that article called The Grandparents Planning Guide to Walt Disney World. If you uh, Google that article, it has a lot of great ways to save some money. 
Um, it's definitely not a last minute kind of trip. You want to plan in order to save that money though, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it, it's not good to you know dig into your retirement funds that you earmark as income, which is if this is one of your goals, whether it be you know Disney World, a Disney cruise, or just a cruise or something to take your family on. Uh, a lot of people have this express this to me because instead of like you know just leaving money when when you pass away, they'd rather see the family enjoy it. You know, so if this is part of your your goals and your legacy, um, it's, it should be part of your financial plan. You know, we need to figure out your income goals, what what accounts you need to fill your income gaps, and then we can earmark um, specific accounts or specific portfolios for these these things. Um, expensive vacations, maybe once a year, once every couple of years, and this could definitely be part of your of your plan. Um, by shopping early, as you mentioned, Tony, it, it gets you preferred lodging, um, your restaurant reservations, getting those early. Get You can even s- uh, set up a separate account um, to, to save for this upcoming trip. Yeah, that's a great, see, that's a great idea. And some of those famous Disney prices might not seem so bad if you know you already have a dedicated pool of money set aside to cover it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the number one thing, but uh, some other advice just to get to Disneyland. Um, Go when the crowds are thinnest. You're going to enjoy it more. A good window is mid-January to the end of February because the holidays and the spring break season tend to bring most people. So right between the two, it's it's a lot quieter. Now, it's a good time to go um, if your grandkids haven't started school yet or if they're in the low enough grade, like first or second grade, that missing a week isn't really going to do much harm. Um, that's, that, that's a good time to, to hit the park. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you want to take the young grandkids, you want to do it when the crowds are as thin as possible. Uh, You know, wait times for rides will be less, uh, wait times to meet characters will be shorter, and that that means your little ones may be less prone to complaining or uh, getting worn out too quick. Right. And and that time, too, the hotel rooms are likely to be reduced, too. Sure. And uh, here's another tip. the Grand There's lots of hotels on the property. It's just enormous. So the, the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and the Contemporary are right along the monorail line. And so you have access to Epcot, the Magic Kingdom Resort, and there's two other resorts right there um, by just getting right off, right out of your hotel room and right onto the monorail. Uh, it saves you some travel time and saves your feet, too, from having to walk. Yeah. That's a that's good advice. Plus, uh, the monorail is technically for moving people around the resort, but little ones are going to think it's just another great ride. They're going to really think that monorail is pretty cool. Yeah, anything that's a footrest uh, for me is a good thing. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to the Magic Kingdom, Tony, but did you know they have the People Mover there? Remember the People Mover in Disneyland? Oh, yeah. Yep. People love yep. that ride, and like it, it just there was a long story behind that. But they actually have People Mover in uh, the Magic Kingdom, so I was really. Uh, yeah. Glad to see good. that. Yep. Um, so thinner crowds. Uh, if you want to take your grandkids to, to see the characters, there's meet and greets. There's restaurants you can actually book where you're guaranteed to see a character. Um, so that's good advice. Um, you can ride. Uh, oh, the queues. Yes. So the fast passes. Um, a lot of people think if you have to pay for these. They're actually free. Um, so using these ride queues, if the fast pass things are working, that that skips lines. Um, so lots of good advice there for you quick on, on Disneyland, Disney yeah. World rather. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? We're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we go today? 
Um, one last thing to touch on the Disneyland thing. People wonder what what age you know she should bring your child. Well, that's a the good, article that's says a good question. Yeah, there's no perfect age. You know, if you're if you have a two year old who who's cheerful and energetic, loves to walk, go ahead and take him. Now, I just think that your grandkids should at least remember the experience, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Spend all this money you don't want them. Remember we went to Disney World? Uh, no, I have no memory of that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have any questions about this, you you want more reference on the, um, the articles I've cited, or if our Alaska friends want to talk about coming to Hawaii on a budget, um, or if you want to integrate this into your financial strategy and, and do what I talked about earmarking certain portfolios and accounts for these these dream destinations give us a call you can reach us at 808-791-2924 or hit us up on the website therogroup.org all right sounds good greg and listeners that does it for today's episode of retirement paradise with our host greg gunther Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.